We here at Yash Jesus believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Not with people and not with produce. Which is why we're so excited to be partnering with Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is an online grocer that recovers ugly produce and surplus foods that would otherwise go to waste. And delivers fresh, customizable boxes to your door for up to 30% less than the grocery stores. We're talking farmer's market quality girls. Without the hassle of going out of your house, honey. Without the hassle. And now, Imperfect has expanded to include pantry staples like lentils, rice, olive oil, and bread, you name it, to help round out your shopping. <laughs> girls, I just got my weekly shipment of imperfect produce, and let me tell you. Ooh, spill it, girl, spill it. I got this ugly little watermelon that puts the pretty little peach in Call Me By Your Name to shame. <laughs> That's the tea! Trust me, you're going to want to get in on this. To get your first shipment of perfectly imperfect farm fresh produce, go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code YASJESUS. That's Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S. Hello, kings and queens and in-betweens, sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or ain't. Welcome to another Fetcherini episode of Yas Jesus. I'm Daniel Franzese, and as always, I'm here with... Azariah Southward. And sit back, because we're going to tell you the story of Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Ooh. But before we get to that, come on in, have a seat. Because we believe here more than ever at Yes Jesus that Jesus wants you to visit your queer little family. That's right. And Jesus is calling you to come out. Jesus come wants to sample your cooking. Jesus and loves a good drama queen. <laughs> You'll figure out what we're talking about there in a little bit as we get more into Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But before we do that, we have a little news for you. Christian news. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, this is this is this is I one. I love this one. I this love is this one, one for the books. The the Nolans, the New Orleans Archdiocese, has issued a statement saying that a priest who was caught filming a BDSM bisexual threesome video inside a local area church last week has been removed from ministry, and the wooden altar that he desecrated has been destroyed. Listen, I can explain everything. That is drama. I received this I email invite. Everything. <laughs> I, listen, it sounded a little fishy, but I started. We started talking, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Okay, okay, I'll see you there." No, wow. this is wild. A BDSM, a bisexual threesome on the altar, and then they burnt the altar. This reminds me of the time when I was in high school, and someone broke into our church and like painted the pentagram and like oh, no. did all these crazy things. Right? Like, <sighs> I wonder if that creeps. happened. What do we, what happened that we don't know that happened? Oh, was it something like this? You know, honestly, like you think it was a satanic ritual? Maybe. I mean, very well could be. You know, Satanism is all about intellectualism, like being smart and overindulgence. Like that's kind of (laughs) like it's not like they don't actually believe in a literal Satan, but some do. Some take a little too far. But I think this story is wild. Wow. But also good for them. So on September 30th, a passerby noticed that the church lights on at the church are at 11 p.m. and they stopped to check things out. (laughs) They looked through the glass doors. What's going on in here? And the person saw the priest, Reverend Travis Clark, Mm -hmm. having sex with two dominatrices. 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 Domin- do- Dominatri. <laughs> oh, it's two of them. Dominatrixes. Dub- uh, double dummies. So <laughs> two double dummies dressed in leather corsets 
and boots on top of the altar. Plastic sex toys littered the floor. And a camera was set up to record the unholy encounter. Not yes. Why are you yesing this? It sounds so wrong. Well, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to yuck anyone's Was it consensual? (laughs) (laughs) No. Listen, okay, okay. It was a betrayal. It was probably a betrayal of his oath to and to his community, his faith community there. So I don't. I do not approve of that part. But honey, get your freak on. Let your freak flag fly Mm -mm. to a degree. But you know this. This might be a little bit. You know, out of control. (laughs) Just. You might have overdone it, Reverend Travis. Well, you know, um, this was from Queerty, and it said that he d- demonic BDSM bisexual uh, threesome well, video. I'm going to back up my comments here. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. You know, matter of fact, I wasn't there, Mom. <laughs> I never got the email invite. Uh, wow. wow. So it was intentionally demonic uh, BDSM a, sexual that's act what it said in, in this in the article. Yeah. Interesting. So was the Reverend being held against his will? I don't know. Maybe I wonder. This is probably like a fantasy he has. He's interesting. I need to look into this story more. Now I'm fascinated. I'm going to go to queer. Yeah, to yeah. This so out. the Archbishop Gregory Imani said that it was deplorable and demonic. He labeled well, of it. Of course, demonic. he's going to say that. Yeah, unacceptable, <laughs> sinful, and cannot be tolerated. His obscene behavior was deplorable. <laughs> his desecration of the altar in church was demonic, and I'm infuriated by his actions. By the way, I think he's right. Like. You don't have to do that. There's families that go there. That's just not yeah, it. I agree with you. That's Sis. why I say it was like a betrayal against his like. Do this in your living room, sure. Probably. Do this in your living room, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and but on, the altar, on the altar, on the Travis. altar, Travis, Reverend Travis, where on I get the baptized. Altar. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Dominatrix is too. Like he wants to be bossed around. Well. I mean, he's serving God. <laughs> As he's like, he's not the only one. <laughs> he knows what it's like to take orders. Okay, well, let's go into okay. our uh, praise report and prayer request. Yes. Uh, Asi, we got some prayer today. Um, our uh, freaking deacon, Ross Murray, lost his friend Kevin suddenly and unexpectedly. Mm. Uh, Ross came out to him while they were working at church camp. Mm. And the next year, Kevin came out to Ross and they've been friends ever since. Oh, wow. Oh, we're sorry, Ross, for your loss. Yeah. And uh, seriously, um, hope that his memory is a blessing. And uh, li- we, I love to talk about people who have passed and lift them up because that's how we keep them alive yeah. uh, in our hearts. So we lift up Kevin. What a blessing to have a friend like that in your life. Yeah, that's truly. Beautiful. As a, you're a friend like that to me. Oh, thank you. You are. So I, are you. I've, I've, I've maybe not even come out to you, but I came out to you about yeah, a lot of deep, yeah. dark parts of my <laughs> Same psyche. Girl. And I do feel really close to you. So, uh, let's lift the room up. What's a praise report? What do we got? <laughs> <laughs> All right, our praise report comes from everyone knows them, Jill and Sammy. Well, we know them here. They are part of the Yas Jesus family. So Jill wrote to us and says, Hi, guys. You may know a bit about me because of my wonderful girlfriend, Sammy. It's true, Jill. We do. You are also wonderful praying for us. And I'm really happy to say that I am doing really well in my new job. Good. We're happy to hear that, Jill. So thank you, thank you, thank you for everything. And Jill says she has a prayer request for her, uh, let's see, prayer request for this. Yeah, Sammy. Um, We recently found out that Sammy has been offered the chance to interview for an absolutely wonderful company that she has worked for before. So she knows it's good. Mm -hmm. And when she talks about her work there, her eyes light up. Oh, that's good. So 
she's Jill is asking for God to bless her during this interview and to support her with his strength. Danny's Aww. wit. So she's asking that <laughs> God will give Sammy some of your wit, some Aww. of my Southern sweet tea wholesomeness <laughs> and Denise's Mama Didi's Ooh. infectious energy. Yes. So she says, thanks for being a part of our lives and for your amazing podcast. Well, thank you. Wow, That just fills me up, too. And we are going to definitely pray for you. And I'm going to make sure I call Mama Denise (laughs) and put her on your prayer train to uh, Jill and Sam. Mama Didi will pray for you. Yeah, she will. That's what she does. She's got the oil ready, honey. (laughs) We're going to take a break from our sponsor. I'll be right back with the scripture of the day. Azzy, we're back and it's time for the scripture of the day. Oh, oh, oh. Scripture of the day. Hey, hey, hey. Scripture of the day. It's all food. Our scripture of the day comes to us from John eleven forty three. It is Lazarus, come forth. Why'd you say come forth when it says come out? Because out? I did my translation. Some <laughs> translations say come forth, some say come yeah, but then out. Oh, does it, it mess up in, the messaging? Yeah. My bad. Let's do it again. Our scripture of the day comes to us from John eleven forty three. It is Lazarus, come out! You better come out, girl. The scripture of the day is short and sweet and pretty damn gay. Come out! Did you know? <laughs> in the Bible, there are over forty different forms of family configurations described. No, girl. Yes, that's right. And there is no biblical family. There are dozens of different families, all described without judgment. What? So it's just like all modern families. Pretty kind of. Yeah. But like think Old Testament family. Okay. Yeah, Armistead <laughs> Maupin, one of my mm-hmm. favorite authors, oh, yeah. the author of the must read queer anthology series, mm-hmm. Tales of the City. If you are gay, you must read Tales of the City. Mm-hmm. And um, it said that gay people have a biological family and a logical family. Sometimes mm-hmm. we need to create a family out of our tribe. That is so true. How have you heard the arguments about a b- biblical family? Maybe during fights over marriage equality mm. as a way to keep LGBTQ people from being able to form lifelong legal bonds? Or to shame single parents, those who are divorced or even widowed, to shame children born out of wedlock? Today on Yes, Jesus, we are going to focus on one biblical family, and it's a queer family (laughs) this family does not have a mother a father and 2.5 children honey this family is mary martha and lazarus so two sisters a brother living together as adults hello millennials in the same house wild wild for biblical times for a biblical family thank you family (laughs) research council and first to eliminate confusion this is not mary magdalene Mm -mm. we did an episode on her Mm -hmm. mary's often confused with many of the marys in the bible it's not also mary the mother of jesus that's pretty queer too (laughs) um and we'll have to do an episode on their own queer family yeah jesus had a queer different odd family yeah, but before we go too far, before we go too far, this is one of your favorite episodes, Danny. Why? As well as the listeners, because you get to get stoned and I don't. <laughs> well, but well, this good, is a baked, the beginning anyway. This is a baked Bible story. Oh, hit it! Oh, hit it. 
You lit up, girl? Mm-hmm. All right. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus show up in a few different stories, in two different Gospels in the Bible. So, of course, reading stories from different Gospels is a little like comparing apples and oranges. Or peaches and eggplants. Or peaches and eggplants. Yes, they are very different perspectives, but the names are way too similar to not assume this is the same family. So we're going to go with that. Okay. The first story focuses on Mary, Martha. Spell it. It's a quick story. Jesus is traveling through town and he's approached by Martha who invites him into her home. Imagine living in the time of Jesus and just like seeing Jesus and being like, you want to come in? <laughs> you want to come up for a cup of coffee, Jesus? Mimi, what are you going to do this time? Yeah. <laughs> she wants to be the perfect host, showing little Martha Stewart hospitality for Jesus. Uh, my mom used to drive me crazy when she'd be like, we have company coming over. Put the, put the good table out. The, put the good table out. Oh my out. God. Can you imagine if Jesus was coming over? Did you remember to get the toothbrush and clean the driveway? <laughs> she'd be making me do everything. So Martha's sister, Mary, was also excited to have Jesus there, but she wasn't interested in being the perfect host. Okay. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 39, she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. So Martha was getting, let's say, agitated, mm -hmm. okay, that Mary was just sitting yeah, she's like, and listening. She's like cleaning and doing stuff and trying to right. get the house ready for Jesus and Martha stewarding. Right, 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 right. And her sister's just at the Putting foot the of Jesus mats. like, tell me more, Jesus. Right. Mar Mary, we need to put the placemats yeah, down. I, silverware. Yeah. <laughs> But in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. This bitch. Mm. She's like, you calling me out in front of Jesus? <laughs> That's right. And Jesus shot down Martha's sibling rivalry. Oh, dang. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 through 42, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. You are worried and distracted by many things. We all know this. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Oh. So why was Martha agitated? Well, she was probably mad that she's working and her sister's just like sitting there. Maybe she thought her sister was lazy, but I have to admit, I'd probably try it too. I'd be all at like Jesus's feet. <laughs> like, tell her to do the dishwasher, Jesus. Hey, like, Martha, I while you're up, <laughs> while you're up, Martha, yeah. you see that light switch over there? <laughs> Jesus, don't you think it's sad that my sister doesn't fold my clothes? <laughs> One thing to note, in the Bible times, men got to sit and discuss theology uh -huh. while women served. Mm -hmm. Mary was doing an activity that was normally reserved for a man. Oh, right. She was breaking her gender norms by sitting at Jesus's feet to listen to him. And she might have even talked back a little bit. Oh, so maybe Martha wanted to sit and listen to Jesus, too, but was scared to break the expectations of her as a woman. Mm -hmm. Like in her day and age. That's right. So what do we learn from this story? In this story, we learn two sisters are living together in adulthood. Without a man. Mm-hmm. One is definitely a gender rule breaker. Right, because she's like... I guess the butch one cleaning up and everything. And the other one could be secretly like wish that she was a little bit more of a rule breaker. Right. But our next story comes from John chapter 11. And this one demonstrates the deep and loving relationship between Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. 
This one is a little weepy, so get your tissues, girl. Oh, girl, I'm ready. Boys and everyone in between. So Where's my bonbons? <laughs> we got a Lifetime movie coming up. A I'm biblical ready, nighttime oh, movie. Oh, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, it's like beaches in Nazareth. <laughs> Jesus was out doing his ministry thing when he got a message from Mary and Martha. Their brother Lazarus was sick. So keep in mind that we have jumped from Luke to John. Different storytellers tell different things in different orders, emphasizing different things. Lazarus wasn't named in Luke, but he shows up here. Right. This is just like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. We had a different story. Mm -hmm. And now we're coming back and getting like a whole different. Kind of. Yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah in Judges, it was a whole different town. But yes, there's the parallels. So this one is the same characters, we believe. Um, but Lazarus's name in it shows up in it now. Okay. Right? So Jesus responds that Lazarus's sickness doesn't lead to death, but rather to God's glory. He downplayed mm. it and just stayed where he was. So he was being asked, you know, to come into this, t- you know, somewhere else, but Jesus stayed where he was. After two more days, he announced to his disciples that they would go to Bethany to visit Lazarus. So he still stayed with them two more days. Right. So he's like, all right, now we're going to go visit Lazarus, Mary, and Martha over in Bethany. Mm-hmm. The disciples were a little freaked out because Jesus had already been targeted by the religious and political leaders. Uh, yeah. They tried to kill him already. So you think it's a bad idea maybe to go back? I mean, yes, it seems like the disciples were thinking that, but Jesus has to tell them that Lazarus is already dead. He knows. Oh, so in John chapter 11, verse 11 through 15, Jesus told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, and they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Mm. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. The disciples are unconvinced. One even says, let us also go that we may die with him. Hanny, by the time Jesus arrived in Bethany, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. His body was in the tomb? With no embalming. Ew, just like rotting. That is like not a cute look. No. The whole town was consoling Mary and Martha. But when they heard that Jesus was in town, Martha went to go meet him. Mm. And when Martha sees Jesus, she hits him with some pretty raw words. Yeah, she's upset. <laughs> well, Martha, remember, she's she's already pissed she's been cleaning, right? Right. <laughs> so they are close enough that she uh, she can say the plain truth about how she's feeling. I mean, they've been like hanging out. Like they got to know each other. Right. This is a queer family. She was fangirling at first, but now she's in pain. Mm. And in John chapter 11, verse 21 through 22, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. And Jesus, you know, being who Jesus is, can handle her words. Well, she's also clearly mourning. Like, take it where it's coming from. And they have a little back and forth exchange. He tells her that her brother will rise again. And she gives him the standard answer that I think is really half-hearted. So in John chapter 11, verse 23 through 26, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, 
even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. So then Martha goes home Mm -hmm. and sends Mary out to talk to Jesus, and Mary hits him with the same accusation. But this time, Jesus doesn't have easy words or promises for her. He's moved. John eleven thirty two thirty five. When Mary came to where Jesus was and she saw him, she knelt at his feet and she said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and that the Jews who came with her were also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. I can't. Jesus cried. That like hurts my heart. Like, you know, he's Jesus. He could, like, solve the problem, but he cried because, oh. Because he's, he He just feels the human emotion. Yeah, he embodied humanity. But bonus fun Bible fact here. All little Sunday school nerds out there will know what I'm about ready to say. John 11.35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. So Jesus began to wept. Some translations even just say Jesus wept. So if you ever need to impress your Christian friends, just mention John 11.35. Jesus wept, you know. Mm. Need a little snack, a little candy bar for your good Bible verse memorization. That's true, but it also, like, I used to get a candy bar in my youth group, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fat because I love Jesus. (laughs) Okay, I used to learn my my verses. (laughs) I, you know, I do like Jesus wept because I do feel like it really embodies the Lord's empathy. Mm-hmm. you know he understood loss yeah right? not not in a ruler you know as an like as a person who when my mom when my stepdad died and my mom mm-hmm. was like so sad i remember the fight that i got in with my stepdad like um not a fight but just like he never fought he was such a peaceful man but he yelled at me because mm-hmm. my mom was upset about something mm-hmm. and i'm a producer i'm a problem solver i'm an optimist i have mm-hmm. very strong faith there's a lot of things about me that not everybody possesses that I'm a glass half full type guy. And I'm like, mom, we could do this or we could change that or we could do this. And she was like, no, no, she didn't. And he was like, Danny, stop. He was like, sometimes people don't want a solution. Mm-hmm. They just want a hug. Mm-hmm. And they want you to say, I know that does suck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, that's so true. I'm always trying to problem solve and come up with a solution, you know. And when he passed away, mm-hmm. that's how I helped my mom. Like I was able to just say, I know it's awful. Like it sucks. You're right. He shouldn't have died. He died of cancer like very soon after they got married. And it was very sad. But to me, that was, that's a powerful thing. Jesus wept because it's like, it just reminds me of like the Lord taking time to have empathy for the way a person was, the way a person was feeling, Mm -hmm. knowing that the outcome could be different already. Right. It seems like Jesus, you know, he wasn't, worried about he knew lazarus was dying when he was sick and he didn't even go to bethany yet and still hanging out with his disciples jesus knew that he was dying and he wasn't provoked to be the solution but rather embrace the humanity the grief around it Mm. and and then and then go and show up and be like i'm god (laughs) ross murray our freaking deacon left a note here that he finds this part fascinating like jesus is the one who told his disciples that lazarus is dead he Mm. already said that he was going to do something great so Mm. he was always planning to raise lazarus from the dead and yet when jesus encounters two sisters in grief and seeing the friends and family around he he can't control his emotions either jesus could have been 
chuckling at how he's going to reverse this, but instead he's emotionally in the moment with them. Mm-hmm. How profound mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to really think about our God. This is some, this is like one of the few times, like we, like we really see something as an actor when I do character, character study and I'm looking deep for like key moments of what a person is and what they're made out of. This would be like one of those moments. Like this really is a great example of Jesus's em- empathy, mm-hmm. a person, you know, of, a being that could fix this was planning on fixing this, but still takes time in the moment to be with the pain of someone. Yeah, absolutely. So then they get to the tomb. Oof, now what happens? Now I'm and like all in this. Jesus tells them to roll away the stone. Okay. So John eleven thirty nine. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. So she's like doubting, like, what are you, what are you going to do? He's in there rotting. Right. Smell him. You don't even want to like be smelling that. It's your brother. It's like so horrible. Yeah. Then Jesus prays out loud, not so much for God to hear, but for the people around him to hear. In John 11, 41 through 42. Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. And then Jesus says the queerest thing possible. <laughs> what? What does he say? John eleven forty three. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! <laughs> That's pretty queer. Yeah. <laughs> the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound with strips of clothes and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So Jesus commands two parts, right? Uh Says Lazarus, come out. And then speaks to the society around him to unbind him and let him go. So that's a good two-part message, both for the queer community and the community around us, right? Oh, yeah. Also, what sort of close, intimate relationship did Jesus have with this queer family? Mm-hmm. He loved them. He cared for them. He cried with them, even when he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we got a third story here. Are you ready for this third one? Do it. Do it. So the third story is really a short one, and it comes just after this one in John 12. There is a strange thing happening with the chronology. It's so weird how all of that stuff happens, but it gets mixed up. But where Mm -hmm. are we at? So when they describe Mary in John 11, Uh they say that she is the one who poured perfume on Jesus's feet and dried it with her hair. But in John 12, it actually describes her doing it. Huh. So before Passover, Jesus came back to Bethany and went to dinner at the home of Mary, Martha and Lazarus again. Martha was serving, and we established that she was good at that. Mm -hmm. She better serve. (laughs) The story also establishes that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. So they're sitting there just eating some of Martha's amazing cooking Mm -hmm. when uh, suddenly Mary comes in, the drama queen that she is. (laughs) John chapter 12, verse 3. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard. Oh, I love Tom Ford's new nard. Honey. 
anointed Jesus's feet Mm -hmm. and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. That honestly sounds unreal. Judas, remember him, the sneaky one? Mm -hmm. Complained that the ointment should have been sold and the money given to the poor. How did Jesus respond about what Mary did? He stood up for her in front of everyone. In John chapter 12, verse 7, do you want to read this? Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Ooh, that's right. Jesus loves his queer family. He eats with them. He stands up for Mary, who is a little drama queen. Was (laughs) Mary into feet? Like, what was going on with that? Well, we've discussed in other episodes the euphemism for feet in the Bible, right? So this could have been one of those moments, maybe. (laughs) Watch the thin line that we're walking here. Yeah, I know, but but (laughs) But, who knows? But but, but there's that possibility, right? here's the thing. And we said this in the beginning of the show, and we always say this. Like, we're not even saying that this could be that scenario. Right. But we have to acknowledge the perspectives. perspectives yes like we have to say that it could be <laughs> i could i don't be. believe it but it could be everybody relax so maybe she's maybe she was just into feet too maybe she was just into feet all right but he loves martha's cooking and the hospitality but he stands up for her and mm. says leave her alone she bought it for the day of my burial and the poor is always going to be with you i'm here with you now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so jesus stands up for the queer family mary martha and lazarus and right he tells lazarus to come out and be unbound that's right if jesus can be this close with this queer family imagine how close he can be with yours hmm. with your biological or your logical family that's right mm-hmm. that's right this is good. Well, Jesus was just as much a part of a queer family as you are ours. Well, this week for our tithe, love offering, charity, act of good. Aww. We want to know who is a queer family person in your life? Who's in your queer family? Send them a text. Tell them that God loves them. And so do you. That's right. Well, this is a sweet one. I love it. Um, ready for a prayer, Ozzy? Yeah, let's do it. Get into it. All right, God. We thank you. For our queer chosen logical families, the ones that you have sent into our lives to put the perfume on our feet, to put the balm on our wounds, to heal us, to help make us whole and step into the divine person that you have made us to be. So thank you for those people that you've introduced into our lives and for the queer family that we have and for our biological family, because without them, we could not have our queer family. So thank you for the example that you set in the Bible, for the the people that you give us in our lives today. And Lord, we want to thank you for your empathy. We want to thank you for your tears. We want to thank you for those times when we felt like we were alone and we wept up to you and see confirmation here in this story that you were crying with us, that that you had us by our side, even though you knew that it would become better in the end and that we could make it through with our faith that you'll still be on the day-to-day with us and be there to shed a tear and wipe a tear. And Lord, we want to thank you for our queer family here at Yash Jesus. Mm-hmm. We want to thank you for Sammy and Jill and all of the wonderful things that you're bringing in their life mm-hmm. and for them sharing their story with us. And we're just so grateful and so thankful 
In your holy and precious name, amen. Amen. Ooh-wee, sometimes it's good. <laughs> it's like funk music, you know? Like, you don't get the funk, the funk get you. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you can't help it when the funk gets you, and then you have to get out on the dance floor and dance like the crazy Uncle Barry. That's right. Uh, listen, you guys, we love you. We love your funky selves. Thank you for listening to another funky episode of Yash Jesus. <laughs> you can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even if you just want to come in and wipe Azzy's feet with your hair. Hey. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Yash Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking deacon Ross Murray. And special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauly. Yash Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bastillos, and Steve Michaels. Now keep praising the Lord, y'all.